Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us for session 19 of Kaniac Sessions. I'm Griff. And I'm A.B. And today we are going to get into some game recaps from the past week. Uh, we're going to talk about some of those hot topics that are out there circulating amongst the fan base. Some of them are, I guess, controversial. Some of them not so much. Either way, we're going to talk about them. Um, and then we're also going to read some stupid X posts that that we've found. And uh, I will say that there are plenty of them out there maybe i'm sure you would agree yep absolutely. so we're gonna do that we're gonna make fun of some people and then uh, we're gonna preview the upcoming road trip through canada and wrap it up so first things first we're brought to you by DraftKings as a member of thpn that's the hockey podcast network sports gambling is on its way to north carolina many of you are really could even do it now uh there's various ways out there but we won't get into that so nonetheless download DraftKings sportsbook use promo code thpn when doing so to score some bonus bets um we are also partnered with SeatGeek, so first time ticket buyers can sign up for SeatGeek, and in your first ticket purchase if you use promo code kaniac sessions that's one word no space between kaniac and sessions then you can get $20 off your first t- first ticket purchase. So use that. Uh, use both of those. Save some money. Get some bonus bets. Everybody wins. All right. AB, how you doing, buddy? Good. The, so after three games, we are 2-0-1. Oh, yeah, well, even if you take it back one before that. Oh, yeah, I forgot we're, about that one. Yeah, we're 3 and one But let's talk about the game against Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So the Canes won 4-1. Uh, to one. Bunting opened the scoring early with an assist from Ajo and Orloff in the first. Konechny would then tie it. But Lemieux... His second game in, gosh, his first game since I don't know how long. He's been out for a couple of games. It's been a while. (laughs) Point um, point per game player right there. That's right. (laughs) That would end up being the game-winning goal. Uh, Jarvis would score late in the third uh, from Ajo and Bunting. And then KK would put the game on ice for the empty net goal. So it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Philadelphia and Philadelphia, a really special moment. They brought out a child with cancer on the bench for the first period. Uh, I thought that it was really classy and Tortorella. Uh, you don't really see a lot of emotion from John Tortorella, but when um, that kid was um, on the bench, he looked 
um, interested and made the experience really good for him. So very classy by the uh, Flyers to do that for uh, to do that for somebody who was battling a um, devastating disease, and for anybody else who's out there that is fighting cancer or knows anybody um, that has lost their lives to cancer. Um, you know, uh, it's a really good cause for the NHL to do this every year and bring awareness. And yeah, I'm just glad we can get a win, but just wanted to touch on that story. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. They brought him, I mean, they gave him a, uh, they gave him a rookie lap during warm up warmups. Uh, they let him read the lineup. Um, and he was on the bench. That was, I've never seen them bring somebody on the bench like that. So yeah, I thought it was no. totally classy move. Um, you know, more there's there's things that are bigger than hockey, yeah. and that's obvious. So, uh, props to the Flyers organization for for that whole thing. It was it was great. And then TNT or was it? I don't know if it was TNT or if it was uh, Hulu, ESPN Plus, Hulu. Which one? I don't remember. I think I it was, was ESPN TNT. Plus because it was, was hockey it? hockey night on ESPN Plus. I think. Yeah, maybe that was. I don't remember. But anyway, the the national broadcast did a good job of highlighting that. I thought so. Um, props to them. Uh, gr- good, good job, Philly. Mm-hmm. One of the few times you'll hear me give props <laughs> to that organization, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I thought it was a good team win. Uh, I thought the offense was solid. Uh, Thirty six shots from the Canes uh, compared to Philadelphia's twenty nine. So you know, defense was solid as well. Kachekov got the start, had a great game. I uh, made 28 saves on 29 shots for a 966 save percentage. So, uh, you know, real good team win. They played Canes hockey for the most part. Uh, and I, I feel like they got the result that they deserved. So, yeah, good win. Oh, yeah. Um, the next game, so two nights later, the Canes would come back to, to Raleigh. Um, and, you know, I don't think they played bad. Uh, I don't think they played any different than really they they'd been playing for several games. But and we'll talk about this after we recap this game. But you know, there was an issue that really poked its head out that we're going to dive into. But mm-hmm. uh, Carolina would lose five four in overtime. Uh, Jalen Chatfield would open the scoring to get Carolina on the board on a pass from Bunting and Orlov. Uh, but Bo Horvat would score late in that same period to tie it back at one going into the first intermission. Early in the second period, Jordan Stahl would get on the board for his second goal of the season to make it 2-1. Uh, and then New York, the Islanders would then score late again. Again, another late sh- another late goal, late period goal. Uh, this one was shorthanded uh, to tie it again at two. Ingvall would score just two minutes later. Uh, to go up 3-2 in the second, uh, and that's what would carry to the intermission. Then the Canes came out in the third, popping. Jack Drury would score just 39 seconds in uh, on a pass from Nason and Natchez. Say that five times real fast. (laughs) But that was Drury's second of the year. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, but just this game, the whole whole night, you know, it's just we'd score, we'd take the lead. They'd tie it. We'd score. They'd tie it. Just back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, they went up 3-2. Drury tied at three. And then, what do you know? 
Um, Paul Mary would net a power play goal to make it four, three, six minutes into the third. Um, and then, and then you just felt like, you know, you felt like Carolina was going to answer because they had been for the most part, the whole game, but then the period kept getting later and kept getting later. And then you start wondering, you know, are we going to, are we going to score? Or are we just going to skate off in regulation? Um, but then about two minutes left in the game, Kachekov would head to the bench uh, for Carolina to put an extra attacker on the ice. And just when it looked like they'd take another regulation loss, Brent Burns fires a puck in at the net with about, I don't know, five or six seconds left. Chaos ensues around that net. And uh, Jordan Stahl takes a, a, takes a shot. Varlamov somehow saves this shot with, a, with its like pad. Um, miraculous save. And then it kind of the puck kind of bounces off and comes right over in front of Aho, and he's able to slide it past uh, for the game tying goal with only two and a half seconds left on the clock. The arena erupted. I mean, it kind of gave you vibes from that game where last season where Natchez put the puck in, although that game was on the road in Philly, but Natchez mm-hmm. put the puck in with like point three remaining on the clock. You remember that? I remember. So something similar. Um, but Carolina was able to tie the game, you know, scrape a point out of it, heading into overtime to try to get the second. Overtime could have been a lot better, in my opinion. Uh, I thought there were some bad shot selections throughout overtime on the Canes part. Um, and I think, you know, in overtime, you either have to possess the puck or you have to take high percentage shots. You know, nothing else. If you can't take high percentage shots, you exit the zone, you regroup, and then you attack again and look for that high percentage shot. But I thought that the Canes made some poor decisions on their shot selections. Uh, Brady Shea had a just a – I don't even know. He just kind of threw the puck in and, it, you know, you just knew that Varlamov was going to save it, and he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Noah Dobson would gather the puck, make a great play on a 2-1-1, going the other way. The Canes were tired, the, the three on the ice at that time. Um, and then Dobson passes, uh, over to Barzell and he just nets it for the winner. Um, mm. but you know, AB Carolina was the better team throughout the night. I thought you know, they had 43 shots on goal compared to the Islanders 16, you know, mm-hmm. it just, I know that, <laughs> I know that the final score of that Tampa game last week was eight, two, but it's kind of like. Similar vibes as far as the goaltending goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, Kachekov, I just – maybe one of those goals you could say that was deflected in that he really didn't have a chance on, maybe. But I thought he could have stopped. I mean, he had a chance to save all of those. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he has to save all those. I'm just saying, could we get, like, two of them saved? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, if we would have had two of those saved, that would have been the difference. Um, there, there was a there was a picture I put out when I think it was the first goal that the Islanders scored where Horvat walked right down the middle uh, and easily just you know just a little tip uh, yeah. right over Kachetkov. It's like right. I mean the game the game was solid the game was competitive. It's just you know it should have been the sh- yeah even though we were swarming with shots. It's just you know 
credit to our defense for not allowing as many shots, but the shots that they had were all high quality chances. And we paid for uh, uh, probably what, like over 50% of them, maybe a little yeah. bit less. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are on the, you know, the, the high danger chances they had great A's and so on and so forth. But I, I was just, just, I mean, I was kind of disappointed in Kachekov. Like that was, I mean, one of his worst games in my recent memory. I just thought, I just thought he could have saved half of those. If not all, I mean, they weren't, I mean, they weren't even that maybe one, like I said, maybe one, you could say was a deflection. I think uh, Horvat on the Horvat deflection, whatever that first goal was. Uh, yeah, Horvat. I mm-hmm. guess you know maybe you could say that. You know, in my opinion, maybe he could. He you know he had no chance on that. But I just thought that the other ones he, especially the one in overtime. Yeah, like I know it was a two on one, but you know where the puck was going. Mm-hmm. If you got Dobson and Barzell skating down the ice on two on one, who do you think is going to take the shot? I mean, I don't know with Barzell and Horvat. No, no, not Horvat. When Dob in overtime, when Dobson was skating the puck in, and then Dobson. Well, yeah, I mean, over. obviously, it's a clear cut that Barzell's going to get it, but right, and he did. Never and know. I, and and Kachekov was kind of out of position. He wasn't even like, I don't know, ready he just for wasn't it. Even at the, yeah, he wasn't. It was. It, I don't know. I was just disappointed, but yeah, and I think I wanna, one. Of, and I think one of the games. Uh, sorry, but I think. Uh, one of the things in the game and we'll talk about is the too many men call of where Burns yeah. went on the ice and tried to get uh, back. And it looked like the Islanders like shot it right at a skate on purpose. And then they capitalized yep. immediately. Correct. After. So, and then in overtime, I, yep. it happened to, to them and they didn't call it. Yeah. I mean, the thing was, I think is that you can only make a play on the puck or, um, if you're, I think it's if you make a play on the puck or you're involved in any sort of way, uh, in the, um, continuous right. play of it. Um, that's why, but the skate thing I think is super, uh, super dumb. So, but yeah, it, not making excuses, but I just think that that shouldn't have, um, shouldn't agree. have been a, a penalty. Agree. Yeah, and and I'm like you said, I don't like to make excuses, and I don't like to talk about, you know, refs affecting outcomes. But sometimes they, I mean, sometimes they legitimately do. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you know, but I want to stop here for a second before we continue previewing games, and I want to get into it. I want to ask you and get your mm-hmm. take on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's there's been a lot of talk amongst the fan base and the media, and you know really everywhere except for the team but do do we have a goaltending problem does carolina have a goaltending problem do you think we need to acquire a goalie do you think we should you know wait and see how these two play give them another month you know or do we go out and get a free agent do we i mean what do you, what do you think we need to do i think it's really too early to tell Solely based on the Freddie injury is still kind of fresh. I think it, what happened a month ago, maybe. Uh, I mean, we're still we're still in a really good position where we are right now. We're still second in the Metro. 
So, and we're continuing to climb with the way that we're playing right now. So if we keep putting on performances where the save percentage doesn't really reflect and we're um, giving up quality chances, uh, whether it's goalie mistake or defensive mistake, then maybe you look at grabbing a goaltender. I mean, I've seen talk about so many. Um, somebody put Flurry out there. I don't think that would happen. Um, I don't think it needs to happen. The one that kind of caught my eye that maybe could work or if I were the GM to do, if totally necessary, is go out and acquire John Gibson. I don't think that... Assuming he's available. Well, he's wanted out of Anaheim for a couple years now. Right. So, but I will say it's a little too early to tell but if the goaltending doesn't improve, if it gets worse, then maybe we have this conversation a couple of weeks later. Yeah, I um, I tend to I tend to agree, but you know, here's my here's my take. I think we do have a goaltending problem. I do. Mm. I don't know, but but what I mean by that is I don't mean we have a problem with the, the two goaltenders currently with the team. Yes, mm-hmm. they both had <laughs> career worst, you know, like career, yeah. you know what I mean, worst games in the past, you know, week and a half. Both of them have had one each. But I don't think that we've seen Ronta be great. Uh, you know, obviously not in long stretches of time. But if Piotr Kachekov can take a hold of this 1A or starting goalie or whatever you want to call him, if he can take a hold of that and just be average, mm-hmm. we do not need, you know, Ranta and Kachekov can handle the duty. You you mm-hmm. roll you roll with Kochekov, and and let me stop and say, we are on a four-game point streak. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are. We are on a four-game point streak uh, dating back to the Columbus game last Sunday. And today is Sunday the 3rd at recording, December 3rd. Mm-hmm. But last Sunday, so all four games this week, we've gotten a point at least. Three wins and one overtime loss. And Kachekov mm-hmm. started every one of those games. And really, the only bad one was the Islanders. Mm. Now, granted, it was Buffalo, uh, Columbus, and Philly, but Philly's a, Philly's a solid team, and Buffalo can score. You know, I'm obviously Tage Thompson's out hurt, and that's one of their top goal scorers. But um, Chekhov saved some great shots last night uh, against the, the Sabers. So, you know, they they they're still an offensively dangerous team. So, um, you know, like you said, I think it's too early to tell with these two, but. I do think we need another goaltender in the system that's not Yanni Peretz. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But the problem is, is if you bring somebody in that's quality, uh, they don't want to go to the minors. Yeah. You know, they don't want to do a conditioning stint in the minors if you sign somebody off the couch or free agency or whatever. Um, and if you bring somebody in on a trade, then guess what? Unless that's unless you're bringing in another a, a minor league goaltender from another team. They're not going to want to go to the minors either. So that's what's tough. So I think mm-hmm. it's almost to the point where we have to roll with these two until 
the moment comes where we need to sign another goaltender, like now, you know, due to an injury or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we sign one and, and go from there. But, uh, you know, there, then there's always other options. If you make a trade, then you can roll uh, that goaltender and Ranta and then send Kachekov back to the minors if you have to. I don't know if that's the right answer either. Part of me wants to part of me wants to trade for a decent goaltender, a quality goaltender, and uh roll with them and Kachekov and just, you know, Ranta might have to, you know, keep Ranta on the roster and have him sit. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I think Kachekov needs to be here. I think he needs to play because he's shown that he can do it if he's given the opportunity, the trust, and the games, to be honest. Yep. So I'm going to quit rambling on this. And do you have any final thoughts on that before we roll? No, on? I just think for Kochekov, it's just reps. I saw yeah. uh, after the game, he said, you know, I feel a lot more confident the more games that I get. And he looks a lot better when he gets more games under his belt. And I think that's it. Uh, for every goaltender, it's like that. But especially for younger goaltenders that you're kind of preparing uh, to be your, you know, your franchise goalie, hopefully uh, that's kind of, you know, what you need. But yeah, the thing with the thing with trading now is you don't really have a lot of good quality goalies that are in the minor leagues right. or have a two-way contract. Only and ones, ones that, that are. would be are like untouchable high prospects or something like that. Right. That are so, untouchable. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just looking at some, I was trying to think of like some goaltenders that might be available in the trade market. Some uh, names that come to mind. And now I'm not by any means saying that Carolina should, or even could execute a trade for these individuals because, you know, obviously we'd have to give something up. Mm -hmm. um, and some of these, the price may be steep, but, this is just some names that I kind of thought that may be available in some aspect out there. Okay. Um, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood in San Jose is playing playing well as of late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we saw him several times when he was in Jersey. Mm -hmm. He's an option. I think he would play well. if I mean, if he was a cane, he'd play well behind this defense. Um, like you mentioned, John Gibson from Anaheim. Uh, one to watch, in my opinion, depending upon how their season continues. I think I know you're going to say Jacob Mark Markstrom from Calgary. Could oh, he, I didn't expect that. Could he, could he be available in, you know, in the next couple of months, depending upon, you know, if Calgary keeps trending downward, which they're not, I think they're playing a little better as of late, but mm -hmm, if they mm -hmm. keep trending down and they're, you know, out of a, playoff spot and they start losing you know they just they just traded away um remind me of his name uh Zadorov. yeah trade him away you know there's rumor about Elias Lindholm wanting out or, or well maybe not wanting out but not wanting to sign a contract you know there's there's just rumors around the Calgary organization that they're not it doesn't would not make a Calgary fan feel very comfortable. How how about that? Does that sound good? So yeah, it sounds better. Yeah. So depending on how they continue this season, maybe Markstrom, maybe they'd be willing to part with him for the right price. I don't know. Do we want to pay that price? Again, I don't know. Um, and then a couple more, you know, we 
Peter Morozik. Why mm. not? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I'm just saying that one. I'm just saying if if it gets to the point where we are in need, like we need a goaltender because Ronta's injured, and then all we got in the system is Kachekov and Peretz, man. Like, did you Brozic, or a buddy of ours say Lion? I said Lion, and I was going to get to him. But yeah, maybe Alex Lion is available. I believe he's in Chicago too, right? No, I think he plays for Detroit. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wait. Yeah, he is. He's the backup because Vinny Huso is the starter. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Chicago but I think Detroit. like Lions' save percentage is like over ninety-two. Yeah, but he's only it's... had a short sample size. Well, but then last year he pulled Florida into the playoffs. Do you remember that? Yeah, and then Bob- Bobrovsky decided to turn into the Terminator. And that's right. That's take right. that whole thing away. I mean, maybe maybe Alex Lyon is a is maybe you can get him. Maybe you can pull him out of Detroit. Maybe he's an option. Uh, he's familiar with the team, coaching staff, familiar with the you know. Who knows? Yeah, we'll just all have um, to go into who you're going to trade. Yeah, see, I I don't want to. I hate going into to theoretical trades, though. I hate it. Yeah, um, that's true. I do because I mean, I, I don't know who, who do you trade? I don't know. I don't even know if we have anybody they'd want. I mean, I think a lot of these teams that are, you know, in their rebuild mode, there are, maybe they'd be fine with futures. Does Carolina want to get up their futures? I don't know. I don't know. But those are just some ideas, examples of people that could be maybe available on the trade market. Um, but if that doesn't work, you'd always just go back and get Halak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, I just wanted to, you know, talk about that quick. I, I think, you know, just to kind of summarize, I think Kachekov's going to be fine. Um, you know, everybody was ready to kick him out of town after the Islanders game, but. Um, I thought he rebounded well, responded well against Buffalo last night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, for the most part, he played well throughout the week. I mean, you know, he didn't have to be – he didn't have to stand on his head. He just needed to be average. And oh, that's yeah, really yeah, all yeah. he needs. He just needs to be, you know, we just need a timely save every now and then. So, anyway. Preaching to the um, choir. Say again? You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I hear you. All right, AB, let's talk about this Buffalo game. Um, great That's bounce fun. back. Great bounce back from the Islanders game. Go ahead. Walk us through this Buffalo game. Well, if you haven't seen already, the Hurricanes stomped the Sabres 6-2. to Ajo scored early in the first from Jarvis and uh, Slavin. Then Drury followed it up late to make it 2 nothing. I honestly think he's been listening to the podcast and how the grades, because ever since we've said those bad grades about him, he's been scoring. I mean, maybe maybe he did. If you are, Jack, sorry. <laughs> Don't have um, But Carolina would continue uh, to go through the second with three more goals. You had one from Aho. You had another one from Taravina, which was a beautiful saucer pass by Sveshnikov. 
Oh, yeah. And then a backhanded pass from Natchez to Nathan just to tap it in and put a little salt in the wound. Um, that was awesome. It would end five to nothing in the second, and then Buffalo would finally score to make it five one. But then Brady Shea would score shorthanded, and then Tyson Yost would score on a miscommunication. Kochetkov tried to go for the flying poke check. It worked. Uh, Chatfield yeah. collided with him, and uh, the Sabers got it back, and they uh, shot it. And they scored. Uh, Brent yeah, Burns if Jalen, had two if Jalen Chatfield wouldn't have stood up, he would have blocked the shot because he was like yeah, laying. He was like laying across the goal line. If he just laid there, it wouldn't have gone in. That is true. <laughs> and Turbo's goal moved him into ninth place for fan for franchise points, tied with Jeff Skinner, and he did it in front of Jeff Skinner. <laughs> so more salt in the wound. Brett Burns had two assists on the night, and that gave him his 600th assist for his career. He is only the 17th defenseman all time to reach 600 assists. Refs were very great. Uh, two penalties were um, pretty bad, and Ajo yeah. was cross-checked into uh, Comrie, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he got called for goalie interference, but so on and so forth. And then Aho had a questionable double minor, uh, high stick. Uh, and I'll get into that with my uh, stupid tweet. We'll see that here in a minute, but yeah, everybody looked good. <laughs> Penalty kill looked great. I mean, we were just firing on all cylinders. Uh, the only bad spot was, uh, I guess maybe the refs weren't, really doing as very good of a job, but I'm not going to blame the rest for anything. The Hurricanes look great. Uh, Kachekov, solid. And I saw one thing. <laughs> I think it was Bunting. He got into a scrum, and they were skating away to go to the penalty box. And he looked at the guy, and he just did the four to zero with his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And then he pointed <laughs> up at the scoreboard. I was like, dang, that's yeah, just that even more salt in the wound. So great game of, all around. What did you think about the game? Yeah, a ton of cool things. Like early in the first period, Steph Nason just throws Dolly into the ice like a rag doll. You know, during the stoppage, arena erupts. It was great. Dolly skated off crying like he always does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yes, the whole team, just every aspect of our game last night from the you know, offense, the special teams, the defense, the goaltending, everything was just working together, clicking like it should. Chekhov was solid. Um, I really thought he had a chance at a shutout last night, but didn't happen. That's fine. We don't need a shutout, but um, Jack Drury got into a little scrum there toward the end. Well, I won't say a scrum. It was a fight. Yeah. Um, Connor fight. Clifton. Well, quote unquote, you another call it. Jack Drury fight. Yeah. Which, as we like to say on this podcast, Jack Drury's not much of a fighter, but no, he's not. Got to give him props to Brendan Lemieux. He even said that in the press conference. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, Brendan Lemieux wasn't out there at this point. But no, uh, props to Jack, though, for dropping the gloves. And, you know, I know that there were some people out there that were kind of criticizing the fight. And the time that it came, but you know, like whatever, 
I mean, it's fine. I'm okay with it. Sticking up for, you know, his teammate, mm-hmm. dropping the gloves. You know, yeah, if he would have got hurt, we'd be, you know, talking different. But, you know, whether or whether or not he should have fought at that point is irrelevant because he did. And I think that, you know, I think that does a lot for the locker room. So people can have their opinions, whatever. I liked it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, good game. I was in the building. Um, I enjoy one-sided Kane's victories like that. So, um, but just to kind of stop here, uh, I'm gonna. We are going to hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back. And there's a couple things I want to discuss that we kind of have touched on when we were kind of recapping this game. Just mm-hmm. a few things uh, as far as the fourth line. Jack Drury, um, and then a couple things about Brent Burns, and then uh, and then we'll get on to our other topics. But we're going to stop right here, real quick, and hear a word from DraftKings. You're listening to Caniac Sessions. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. All right, we're back. We are back. A couple things that I want to talk about, AB. Um, Can I get your take on? Okay. Is this fourth line? I think the fourth line has been one of our top lines over the course of these last few games. I think they've been great. I think uh, Jack Drury, who we kind of – all but wrote off <laughs> in our last session. I think that he, I think maybe that was too quick. Um, I think he's kind of showing up. Rod thinks he's been great all year. Mm. You know, he just hadn't been scoring according, you know, that's what he said in his presser last night, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but what do I know? Yeah. Um, I just hope he keeps it up. I hope he doesn't hit a plateau and you know, kind of slide back down to where he was. But um, what do you think of the fourth line? What do you, just overall. Well, when I first saw that Nate just got bumped down, I was very confused and kind of saying, you know, are you out of your mind? Why Why are we putting Nate just on the fourth line? Bunting, because originally the fourth line for a couple of games was bunting Drury and Nate if I'm not mistaken. Or I could be yeah. wrong. Oh, but Wait, say that again. Bunting, Drury, and Natchez. Weren't they on the fourth line at one point? Maybe. 
No, I think it was Bunting, Drury, and Nason. No, you know, no, it was. Um, oh, and then they switched it to Nason, Drury, and Nason, Drury, and Natchez. I right, think that was right, the right, line right. that they're playing on right now. Correct. Correct. But yeah, Stefan Nason is just so good. He's so good on the power play, even fourth line energy. Jack Drury, I will eat my words. He has played very well these past couple of games. He's been scoring. He's been playing a lot better. Um, Quote-unquote physical, but, you know, let's just leave the fighting to the professionals. He's a good fight, though. He's, he's yeah, fought. yeah, stood up. But I, I think that fourth line is... Eric Hala that I really loved. Yes. Remember that? I do. I do remember it. <laughs> good. But... I think that fourth line is really well. I honestly like how the lines are right now. I like bunting on the first line, but the fourth line with Nason, Natchez, and Drury, they've just been producing. You know, that's all you really need from lines top to bottom, but this fourth line has definitely been the MVP for the past couple of games. Natchez on the fourth line is a cheat code to me. Like, I, I, was, I just remember thinking last night watching that line play. You know, the way that, you know, how Natchez just carries the puck and, you know, he'll carry it into the offensive zone and just kind of weave through two or three defenders and make his way to the net or whatever. And a lot of times he'll get tripped up or he'll turn the puck over or he'll get knocked off the puck or whatever. But I noticed, uh-oh, pick it up. Yeah, that's what they say. That was... But but I noticed, <laughs> I noticed last night that a lot of that, like he was able to basically skate the puck in, you know, without any kind of, what's the word, uh, without any kind of like, without anybody stopping him. I mean, it was just, he's just so much better than the the other team's fourth liners that he can just do what he wants. And that's creating chances for him and for his line mates. He's setting up Drury. Drury can kind of the focus can kind of kind of be taken off of him and Nason and then it's leaving them open for these great you know great shots and you know Nason's been scoring Drury's been scoring and you know I think that you know I, I don't think we need to look at this as like Nature's getting demoted to the fourth line I think we need to look at this as we have three scoring lines and Nature's unlocks so much things that this fourth line can do by playing down there. And I think that they need to stick with this combination because I like bunting on the first line. Um, I like Svetch playing where he's at with Teravine and KK and, you know, third line obviously has to stay the same, but yeah, I think um, with the talent that we have on that line, they should be able to continue to dominate every single night really mm -hmm. score and if we can carry that you know through the playoffs we're going to be a dangerous team offensively oh yeah, so, oh, yeah. yeah sorry uh, if you heard that thing drop in the background that was like me <laughs> I, I was channeling my inner sabers and dropping the ball Ooh, yeah Ooh, i like that that was good yeah. you just think of that off fly like that maybe maybe <laughs> nice maybe. all right Another thing that we talked about in this Buffalo game was the fact that uh, Brent Burns had two assists, and that was his 599th and 600th assist for his career. 
and you said that he was the 17th defenseman all time to reach 600 assists. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of made me wonder, do you think Brent Burns today, if he were to walk away from the league today, is he a Hall of Famer? He has, <laughs> he has one foundation award winner, which I know that that, you know, doesn't have anything to do with hockey, but yeah, you know, still the person. Uh, he's a six-time All-Star and a Norris Trophy winner. Uh, he's been to one Stanley Cup final. The Sharks lost in six to the the Penguins that year. And through those six games, Burns had one goal, three assists, and he was a plus three in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? If, if he were to step away today, is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, it's tough, right? It is tough. Definitely winning a Norris Trophy uh, trophy helps your case. Being yeah. a six-time All-Star helps your case. Definitely going to the Stanley Cup Final. Being in the Stanley Cup Playoffs helps your case. Having over 600 assists helps your case. I, can't, right. I think he has over 250 goals, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, or a little less. I can look. Let me just but keep talking. I'll Google this. The way that he is played... He hasn't slowed down. He continues to be great and contribute. The thing that may put people away from him being in the Hall of Fame is the Stanley Cup. Now, you know, do I think the alpha male of our species deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? (laughs) I think so. But if you were to ask any other fan, I don't think that he would be in the hall of fame i could be wrong um well they could be wrong but i think that he should be in the hall of fame he's a great player i mean what he's like 30 he's 39 38 30, 38 yeah he'll be 39 he'll be 39 in march but 250 how, goals he's on the dot yeah see so i think he should be in the hall of fame but i think it will take a while so, just say this year the Canes go on and win the cup, mm-hmm. and he has a cup or has his name on the cup. Does that mm-hmm. make him a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think that very heavily increases his chances to go into the Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that that's <clears throat> I think that's the one thing missing. Uh, if he is, does that. And has the con Smythe for some odd reason he that he's definitely going in. I so. hear you, but there's he's not going to win the con Smythe. Well, you if never Canes, know. He's an alpha male. Canes, look, well, I hear you, but if the Canes win the Stanley Cup, it's going to Aho. <laughs> well, or Nature's. Um, I don't know. Nature's kind of disappeared. Anyway, I don't know. We're we, not. We we're talk. not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. I just don't know if it would go to. I don't know if it would go to burn. I mean, unless he just went on like a scoring tear. Um, you know, may, say he scored. Say they say they wanted in seven. If he scored five goals and they come in like big moments, you know, or if he, you know, just say he gets like the game seven winner, then maybe or something like that. But it would just depend. It would just depend on the way everybody else played. But I, you, you think usually it would either go to you know if this team were to do it, it would either go to a goaltender or a forward. So yeah, that's just my opinion, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's right. I think I don't think 
I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's first ballot right now. I think if he left the game today, you know, he would get in eventually, maybe like a Brenda Moore kind of situation where mm. people say he should be in, but he keeps getting passed over. But one of these days, it'll hit. But I think if he gets a cup, then, of course, you know, we say Rod Brennamore's got a cup. Mm-hmm. And Selkies and, anyway. All-star, 1,200 yeah. points. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, anyway. But, yeah, I agree with that. I was just wondering about that when I heard, you know, 600 assists. Does that, you know, one of 17 defensemen ever, does that push him over the hump? And it might. And it might. Maybe we're completely wrong. Uh, but... Last thing I want to talk about here before we preview this upcoming um, this upcoming week through Canada, mm-hmm. we gave we both gave Sebastian Ajo like mid grades uh, in mm-hmm. our quarter season preview and said, you know, we want him to score more. He needed mm-hmm. to be Ajo that we know, even though he was leading the team in points and blah blah blah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like this past week Sebastian Ajo has played. A lot better. Maybe he listens to the pod too. Maybe he he's does. like he's maybe he's like man. AB graded me a C. I need to play better. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, on this point streak, you know, since the Blue Jackets, he's got three goals, three assists in six games. So point per game this this past week, I think he's been noticeable on the ice. Um, last night alone, he could have had five or six goals against Buffalo. Uh, he had he was on several breakaways. Uh, he had several opportunities cl- to complete his hat trick last night. He just couldn't get that last one to go. Uh, there's two that I specifically remember. One of them, he had Comrie opened up, tried to go five hole, and the puck just like barely hit off the heel of Comrie's stick mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of hung up on his pads. But if it would have been a quarter inch to the left, it would have slid right through his five hole into the net, and that would have been the hat trick. But, um, yeah, just your thoughts on Ajo. I think he's... I think he's on trending up, and uh, hopefully he continues. So I think I have this stat up here, right? Since the Columbus game, Ajo has had three goals, three assists, and six points. Right. In six games, he listens to the pod. I'm 100% convinced that all of the players (laughs) listen to the pod. If they're doing better, they listen to the pod. Um He's looked a lot better. He's starting to, you know, get back to the Sebastian Ajo that we know. I mean – um, yesterday, his first goal, I mean, you couldn't even see it go in. It was so quick. That yeah. wrist shot and his one-timer and his slap shot is coming back. Um, it's always been there. It's just, you know, he just needed a little spark, and it looks like that this is a – hopefully it continues, but he's looking really good. Hopefully, you know, yep. the shot keeps producing. For sure. All right, A.B., something we haven't done in a while is read some stupid tweets or ex-posts. Yes. I don't like saying ex-posts. That makes it sound like... Tweets, Twitter, reading stupid posts. Well, but if you say ex-post, it makes it sound like... Oh, never mind. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's let's just read some of this gold that has happened to present itself through the Kane's Twitter or Kane's X feeds over the past week. Okay. Um, I've got a couple. What do you got? How many you got? I've got three. Oh. Oh. All right. Well, then, 
how about you be the bookends and I'll go in the middle. So you want me to read all of mine? You read the first one, then I'll go, then you go, then I'll go, and then you finish with your last one. All right. So the BR Open Ice tweeted this, and it was fetching to call Sauce Pass. And it said, not Sunday yet, but never a bad day for some sauce. Somebody replied to the tweet, Kane's making the Buffalo Sabres look like an ECHL team. I mean, are we saying that's a stupid tweet? I think it's a funny tweet. I do, too. I think it's accurate, too. I think it's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Sabres. I, Can't get a good I read thought, on them. I, I thought they were a playoff team. Well, they also don't have Tage Thompson, and that's a well, big blow. Yeah, but, man, the defenses. They got two really good defenders. Uh, defenders well yeah defenders that don't defend much but they've got all their money wrapped up in one defenseman three three guys three defensemen oh yeah owen power yeah he signed that big contract yeah and then samuelson Samuelson? yeah what's his contract i don't too much okay (laughs) (laughs) too much but i don't know what it is off the top of my head but um just i don't know they I don't know. I can't. And their their goaltending's decent. I mean, Comrie's not. You know, I mean, he's average. But that you know, UPL's been playing great. So I mean, we didn't see him last night. But I don't know about Buffalo. Yeah. All right. So my first one, and this was during the Islanders game. Mm-hmm. Where, wait, was it the Islanders game? No, I'm sorry, the Philly game. Lemieux's old team, Philly game. So during the Philly game, where Lemieux drew drew in, I think Svetch was sick. Mm -hmm. This guy says, Lemieux should be playing over Drury. Something wrong with that statement. Well, at that time... At that time, Drury wasn't showing showing some progress yet because I think not until the game after he, you know, started putting points on the board. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, AB, AB, you're yes. missing you're you're missing low hanging fruit here. That he should play over Drury. Why would Brendan Lemieux not play over Jack Drury? Because of the center position. Yeah, because you cannot play center. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen uh, at that time I could have, you know, because eh, Natchez was a former center. His natural position is a center, yeah, but well. I don't. We don't have to worry about that now. So, no. uh, yeah. if you were to tell me that right now, I would think you're stupid. But I like Brendan Lemieux, Jack Drury. You know, you're trying I, to get yeah. there. I, I like Lemieux too, but like. I just don't think he could center. be a center. Yeah. You think Lemieux gonna go in and win faceoffs? No. Maybe. Unless he's ripping faces off. That's correct. That was clever. I don't know. I, I just thought of that on my feet too. You like that? <laughs> yeah, I do. All right. Go ahead with your next one. Okay. So this was a tweet from a Sabres account of some sort. I don't know. Oh. Um, 
and it said Rod is mad. This is when he like freaked out about the d- double minor, as he should have. Yep, and somebody quote tweeted and said, "I respect you at least a little for not editing the score bug out because it was three to nothing." Yeah, <laughs> talking about all oh, the Buffalo for not editing it. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was yeah, funny. Well. I noticed uh I, I I went through some of the Buffalo posts too the Buffalo um yeah the Buffalo post too after the game and just I, I like to do that to kind of get a read on their fans, you know. Yeah. I do that and, if we win, if we win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go on theirs, yeah. yeah. But no like <laughs> those poor Buffalo fans are so used to being so bad that they just like they're all making fun of their of the admin, like of the the page admin. And like I think I saw a um, where Yo- Joe scored that goal uh, when, uh-huh. when when Kachekov's poke check, and the uh, the Sabers admin put up like goal from Josty or whatever, and then like all the fans in the comments were like, "That's all. Good. Oh, great, let's use nicknames. Yeah, we're losing five to nothing. Like, who cares? Whatever." <laughs> way to use their stupid nicknames how about they get a i don't know i was just rolling it was so funny these poor people but yeah we had a buffalo fan sitting by us last night who literally just sat there and trashed his team while they played on the (laughs) ice the whole night and uh, he was with his son he brought his son to the game i was like this poor these poor people but yeah uh, but you know if you're a panther carolina panthers fan then i'm sure you can relate All right, my next one. So after the Islanders game, Mm -hmm. this guy says they need to address the goaltending issue quickly or it is not going to be the year that everyone is expecting. They should have addressed this during the offseason. Anderson is soft. What does this have to do with Freddie Anderson? Well, uh, Freddie Anderson's not playing right now for – a very serious reason. So, but we didn't know that was going to happen. Our goaltending situation was fine. Freddie played great in the playoffs last year. We made it to the playoffs. Well, we were first in the division last year. We mm-hmm. made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We ran into Sergei Bobrovsky and Matthew Kachuk. I mean, yes. And our, Anderson our go- was standing on his head. Yeah. And our goalies, uh, Anderson looked great, looked like a Vesna goaltender. You know, our goalies weren't the issue going into the offseason. So if the goalie situation needs to be, quote-unquote, fixed, then I think you, quote-unquote, need to fix your outlook on the team because it, it definitely wasn't a goaling, uh, goalie issue. It's fine if you want to if, if people want to think that we need to address a goaltending issue. Like, it's fine. It's a valid argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but – Trying to trying to rope Freddie Anderson into a like we need better goaltending tweet is reckless. Yeah. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, none of this is on him. Yep. This is not you know he he's not out because he's soft. Yep. So you can take that tweet and throw it in the trash because that was garbage. It made me mad. But that's all. That's all I had. All right. So here's my last one. It shows the Buffalo. It, it had the. Buffalo Sabres account post the final graphic of the six to two. Somebody put in the comments, come on, we just did a 17 year drought with the Buffalo Bills. Don't make us do it again. 
I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, well, that's what you get as a Buffalo fan, so I hear. Yep. All right. So that has been stupid stuff we read on X. Correct. All right, AB, we got some game previews, and then we're going to yes. get out of here. We're going to get out of here after that. So uh, the Canes flew out today. Today is December 3rd, as I said earlier, uh, at recording. They flew to Winnipeg to uh, play the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night or Monday night. Puck drop is at 7.30. Uh, Winnipeg is currently 13-8-2, their third place in their division. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's their past five games. They are 2-3, and so they've cooled off a little bit. They kind of started fast, started hot. But um, Kyle Connor leads their team with goals with 14. Uh, and then Mark Shifley leads the team in points with 25. And Connor Hallibuck, who is an excellent goaltender, um, mm-hmm. he's currently 11-6-1 with a 2.49 goals against average and a 9-12 save percentage. So those are some solid numbers. He's playing well. And mm-hmm. uh, Winnipeg's playing well. But in my opinion, this is a winnable game. Um, yep. It is a way, you know. But Carolina, there's no reason they can't go in here and win this game. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, that game is, again, Monday night, December 4th at a 7.30 puck drop. Uh, then they will fly west to the Alberta province to uh, play the Edmonton Oilers for the second and final time this season uh, on December 6th, which is Wednesday night. I believe that's a 9.30 puck drop, if I'm not mistaken. So a little bit of Canes after dark. Edmonton has improved a little since we played them last time. They're currently 9-12-1. Mm-hmm. Their past five games, they're four and one, AB. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely trending up. Uh, McDavid and Dry Seidel are both tied with 29 points, which is ridiculous, especially given their slow start. Zach Hyman leads their team with 12 goals. Um, Evander Kane is even trending up. So the only thing about this team is their, their goaltending has been an issue, but. You know, Edmonton's whole thing is they just try to outscore their problems, and a lot of times they can do that. So mm-hmm. uh, this is not the Edmonton team we saw here at PNC Arena a couple weeks back. This is mm-hmm. an improved Edmonton team who are playing with a lot of purpose. They're playing desperately like their season is on the line because it is. Mm-hmm. So I, I do not expect a four-goal first period again. Um, I think this will be a little bit tough. But, again, it's a game that Carolina can win. So – uh, AB, go ahead and walk us through the next two games on this Canadian road trip this week uh, with the next, very next night, Thursday night, against Calgary. Yep, staying in Alberta. So Calgary is 10, 11, and 3. Their past five games are 3 and 2. Elias Lindholm leads the team in points with 17 and goals with 7. Disappointing start to the year for Calgary. Um, they're starting to look like they're turning the corner, but there are a lot of people that want out of Calgary. We saw Zadorov. We've heard Lindholm. You know, we've heard a couple of people that are not happy with the way the organization is Hannafin. going right now. But, huh? I said Hannafin. Yeah, Hannafin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they play. They'll obviously, I think we'll probably see Markstrom maybe. Or um, Vladar is their backup, yep. I think. Yep, Vladar. Yes, that's right. And then 
I think the toughest game is on December 9th against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, most uh, definitely. Canucks are 16, 8, and 1. Their past five games are 3 and 2. JT Miller leads the team in points with 36, and Brock Besser leads the team in goals with 17. Now, they're very dangerous. I mean, you have, I think, Pedersen, Miller, and Hughes all have 30-plus points to start off the year. Yeah. And their their offense up to down is loaded. They've mm-hmm. blown everybody out of the water uh, through expectations. Thatcher Demko was dealing with some injuries last year, but, man, I mean, he's living up to his potential. 12-6 with a 2.26 goals against average and a .924 save percentage. That's going to be the toughest game because Vancouver is so quick, and especially Quinn Hughes and their power plays deadly. You have Pedersen, who has a super heavy shot. Then you have JT Miller. Then you have Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser. So that's going to be that's going to be the trickiest game, uh, in my opinion. That's going to be hard to win. If- yeah, I agree. But real quick on this game, I think a key to this game is – you know, I think Vancouver is very top heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think they're very deep. But, you know, so I think a key to this game is if we can get the matchup, you know, if we can, if we, I, and I know we've get, I get, I know uh, Vancouver will get, you know, second change or whatever. But if we can get the matchup to where the stall line plays against their top line, which probably won't happen, stall line will probably end up drawing their second line. Um, and then I figure either the Kokanyemi line or the Ajo line will play their top line. But mm-hmm. if that line can play solid, you know, defense, get in on the forecheck and kind of, you know, keep that top line from, you know, great A's, mm-hmm. then I think, you know, I think we got a chance. But uh, I think our our strength matches well with theirs. Okay. So it's going to be, you know, whose strength shines through the most. So. I think, I think you could easily get six out of eight points here on yeah. on these four on these four games. Yeah, I would love to have eight in the first four games, but then I think we have what two more games after. But we'll talk about those in the next session and recap the ones that we just talked about right now. Yeah. All right, AB. I think I'm done. Um, good talk. Yeah. Well, yeah. Take, take us out. This has been session 19 of Kaniac Sessions. If you haven't already, follow me on X at AB Kaniac Session, and you can follow Griff on X at M underscore Griff 10. Follow us on all social media platforms at Kaniac Sessions. Download the podcast, like, subscribe. Follow, uh, tell your parents about it, your friends, your grandparents, tell everybody about it. Can't believe we're doing session 20 next. I think we got to come up with something special versus session 20. We have to do something. We'll think about it. Anyways, thank you so much. Session 20. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac Sessions. To stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griffin AB, please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac Sessions. Let's go, Kane. Let's go, Kane.